Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Healing Insight, an acupuncture and holistic medicine clinic on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senia May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from anxiety to fatigue, digestive issues to women's health, and so much more. And speaking of women's health, Healing Insight has some huge news. Practitioner Nikki Ballian was just officially certified as a fertility specialist by the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine. She's been specializing in women's health and fertility for 12 years and is now one of only nine practitioners to have this special certification in the entire state of Minnesota. In fact, my youngest sister, Jenny, started to become concerned about her fertility after trying to get pregnant for about six months. She says she could feel changes in her body within just a few treatments from Nikki and credits Nikki with getting her body on track to become pregnant. And Jenny's first baby is expected this summer. I'm currently pregnant with baby number three and have visited Healing Insight regularly throughout my pregnancies and especially at a time when my prenatal care has seemed really uncertain because of the COVID-19 health crisis. Knowing that I'm consistently able to focus on my physical and emotional health with Senya has been so important. Senya was also our featured guest on one of our most listened to episodes of Best to the Nest. It's episode 25, simply titled Anxiety and episode 113, where we talk about coping with the COVID-19 global pandemic. Visit Healing Insight HealingInsightOnline.com. That's HealingInsightOnline.com to find out more about Senya and her team. And congratulations, Nikki. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And... We mentioned that we would talk about what was going on with me last week. We missed and, you. Well, thank you. It was, uh, it's been a really tough three weeks. I've already mentioned that my mother fell and it was very serious. And so she fell, uh, she was walking on a sidewalk in Chicago and we don't know why she could have tripped. I mean, she's 86. She could have tripped. She could have had a stroke. She could have, um, just lost you know, her blood pressure. So the doctors still don't know why, but what it meant was she fell forward and my mother's very small and very, so she's, there's, you know, she's tiny. Mm -hmm. So she fell forward and she hit her face. And so she cracked all of the bones under her left eye. Oh, And then she, she hit her head obviously. And so when they got her to the emergency room, all the stuff with her eye was going on, but she also had, when they did a, a CT scan, she had several brain bleeds. So really serious. Yeah. Um, and, and that's I, that's the fall thing. When you get yeah. into your 70s and 80s and beyond, yeah. the fall is what can do it. That's, it's well, like, you can't mess around with that. It's so scary. 
What's interesting and what I love about my mom is she's very fit. And so in her 70s, she had fallen a couple of times and the University of Chicago was doing a study on how to teach seniors how to fall better. Oh. And so she went through the whole class and it was funny because she was on CBS Sunday morning and she was on like they did a whole piece on because they strap you up to like these bungees and they teach you and it was so cute. And so she did the whole, you know, she did all of it. And actually, it was really helpful to her. The reason she fell flat on her face is because we think she either had a stroke or she literally passed out. Yeah. So falling for seniors, if you trip, you can help yourself learn how to fall better so you don't hurt yourself but this, she had no defenses. I mean, it yeah, was there clear was something that extra going on. There was something extra because she didn't put her hands out. She didn't do anything to protect herself. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody has their struggles right now. I know that in my heart. But I, one of the things that I feel so strongly about in talking about my mom, which is really hard, is I just want to sort of warn people: if you have elderly parents or anybody in your family. What's in front of you during the pandemic if they end up in the hospital? This is so important to be talking about, Marjorie, because we're talking to you about this. And I have had multiple stories. One of my colleagues, her grandparents became very sick in Florida and they couldn't get her parents, couldn't get information about them, couldn't get to them. And I think your story here about What's happening when you have elderly parents about if something else happens or if they get COVID, what the situation is really like when you're in a hospital? And it is not good. I don't think I was not prepared. And I I pride myself on trying to prepare for everything. I was not prepared for this. I was so worried about my mom getting COVID that which if she had gotten COVID, you sort of mentally prepare for the idea that I won't be able to see her. But we felt like, you know, she was masking, she was quarantining, she was doing everything right. So we just thought in my, in my own head, I was like, she's not going to get COVID because she's And she lives smart. independently. She doesn't live in a, in nope, a community. She lives, she lives in a high rise in Chicago. She was actually living with my younger son. He was helping to take care of her. He, and she didn't really need the care. He was living with her because he was looking for a job in Chicago. But when they quarantined together, he was making dinner. So it was it was kind yeah. of the perfect situation. They that both I thought, needed the care, the mutual care. The mutual care. And I just thought this is perfect because he's there. She's going to be – it'll be easier for her to stay in. She won't be trying to get to a girlfriend. She won't be trying to go to lunch. It'll be easier for her to stay in. So she was doing that beautifully. She was just out for a walk, and which is fine. So what I wasn't prepared for is if something else happened and something else happened. And I just want everybody to talk not only to your parents, but talk to all of your family members. You all have to mentally prepare for what happens if somebody gets sick. So here's what's happened is she went from the streets of Chicago where she fell down, some good stranger, some very kind person, because she must have been very bloody, Yeah, called an ambulance. They got her to a hospital not terribly close to her house. They called my sister from the emergency room. She was immediately had a bunch of tests, all those sorts of things. Then she was put in the ICU. So she was in the ICU for about a week and had surgery on her face. All of this happening in rapid succession without much communication 
with the family. Yeah. And my older sister is a physician, and so she right away was on it trying to get through to the doctors. And they communicated some, but the communication was horrible. Mm-hmm. And the doctor actually said to my sister, and I, I said to my sister the other night, I said, whatever you paid for med school, I'm so grateful because without her, I don't know what kind of communication we would have gotten, and it wasn't even good. But she kind of just, she knew who to call, she knew who to push, she knew that she could get sort of professional courtesy. And the doctor at one point, when he finally called her back, said, I know our communication's terrible. He said 60% of our patients in the hospital right now have COVID. They're buried. They're just buried. So we can get angry as a family that we didn't know what was going on with my mom. We can get angry that, you know, all of those things. But you can't really in one sense because you multiply that out by all of the families of everybody that has somebody in that hospital. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a boatload of pain. Yeah. So, and the doctor, I always appreciate when people are just honest and he was honest, and he just said, I'm so sorry. I'm doing the – really, literally said, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. And so she had surgery. Now, mind you, she's going through all of this by herself. Mm-hmm. None of her daughters there to hold her hand. She's terribly confused. Nobody to explain to her what's happening to her. So finally, at this hospital, they have volunteer – I really still don't even know how the system works, and it was – hinky at best, where you could schedule an iPad call with your loved one. That's great if your loved one is 25 yeah. and device is their other hand. With an 86-year-old woman who doesn't have her hearing aids, the iPad was, I was grateful for it because we could see her. And I was grateful because we could communicate a little bit. But it was heart-wrenching. To hear my mother say, why aren't you with me? Oh, Can you come to be with me? And she's confused. So you're trying to explain a pandemic to her. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it it was beyond and continues to be beyond horrible. So she's just super confused. We finally got her. She stabilized. And my sister was, I mean, this is a really harsh thing to say, but the reality is, is we, and anybody with an elderly parent, you have to be concerned about their care when doctors are making choices about who to care for. Right. If you're older, you may not get the care that somebody who's younger than you will get. Yeah. And so our our primary concern was just like to let everybody know as many people as, as we could, she's loved. Yeah. Do what you can. And she stabilized, so I'm grateful to the hospital. And we got her to a, a, a rehab center, which they've been very kind. They put her on the first floor. So I made my way up to Chicago last weekend, which is why I missed the podcast, and I was able to – we're able to stand outside her window, and she can look over and she can see us. And so we've had some communication, but beyond that, I'm not going to go too much more deeply into her condition because it's her condition. But yeah. I just I just want people to just really – a couple of things. Sit down and, and talk to, to your parents. Tell them – just discuss Everything about the medical care and what that's going to mean. And if they're still walking about, wrap them up in a rubber suit and don't let them walk around. (laughs) Just, I think that that anybody with older parents has to be really prepared for, it's just not about COVID. That this is the time where, as children, you have to be hyper-focused on their medical care, their medications, the communication, where where they might be in the hospital, 
I would go as far to say if I lived in the same city with my mom, I would check out the hospital that's closest to her, figure out what their protocols are. Yeah. There was a time where they were opening. I think hospitals were getting a little bit more lenient, but I'm sure they're clamped. They were not in Chicago, obviously. Other parts of the country, it might be more lenient where they might allow one family member in if you're masked. I'm not sure. But you might want to, wherever you live, check exactly now what the protocols are for visitors in your hospital so you know what to be prepared for. Um, it's the fear, I think, Marjorie, that you're talking about is, I mean, you you talk about your parents who you lost your father a few months ago. And then when we talk about your mother, I mean, every conversation you and I have ever had, I think you're very realistic about like, whatever time we have is the time that we have. And we're grateful for that, right? So I think as you have parents that are getting into their upper 80s, you have that understanding that people don't live forever. And so you acknowledge that and you kind of emotionally prepare for that. I don't think that anybody is prepared for the idea that their parent would die alone. Yeah. And that anybody that they love would die alone. And and I think that is where the difference here is, where because of the conditions of the pandemic, people who are confused and afraid, I mean, that is never how you want your loved one to pass away. You no. want them to be surrounded by love and and just given given the gift of almost permission to say, go, it's okay, we'll be okay. That's, right. I think, the ideal situation for so many people. And so I can't even imagine that fear for you of thinking that your mom was going to die. And I hate to say this, but thinking that she was going to die, wondering where you were. Oh, it's, it is so horrible. And the fact that we could get her into a rehab center where she's not doing great, but she's a little bit more aware. And we actually had, she had, if she had, Two really, really bad days. As I was up in Chicago, and so I'm outside her window. She had two really Aww. bad days. And then I was there, and two of my sisters were there, and one of my brother-in-laws, and one of my sons. And so we're all outside her window. We've just been rotating. And I had spent the whole day, most of the days, I just had spent the day outside her window. And she has a phone, so you can call her. And so I called her, and I said, Mom, we don't need to talk, but I'm just here. And she sort of said, go home, go home. And I said, no, 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 I'm right here. Yeah. And I said, and so like every 20 minutes, I would like pop my head up and just sort of wave at her. Do you have like a lawn chair? Do you have snacks? What else do you have? What else is going on outside this window? I had a car. But Elizabeth, the hardest thing was at one point, I was looking through the window and we weren't talking and I was just looking at her. And I'm the baby of the family. Yeah. I'm the youngest. And I was crying. And she just looked at me, and it was a look I hadn't seen since I was about six. And she just looked at me like a mom looks at a little kid who's in pain, like it's going to be okay. And I just hadn't seen that look for so long, not just because I must have looked to her so helpless, and it was filled with so much love and so much sweetness, and it was just... And it was just so, it was so weird to have that visceral reaction of being the child. Yeah. Cause you're her baby. And I mean, you're still her baby. So it's, it's, um, it's really hard. And I think I just really wanted to say to everybody, just talk to your parents. And then, and then I had 
My mom had just written a book and it had just been published. And of course she did. I mean, <laughs> come on, Marjorie. <laughs> I know at 86. Of course, she, my mom had just written a book. <laughs> and so she was on a podcast and she fell two, two week, two days before the podcast dropped. Oh, and the podcast is all about extraordinary women over 70. And so I was in my hotel room and I hadn't had a chance to listen to it because all this stuff happened. And yeah. so I was in my hotel room listening to my mom talk about a little bit about her life and a little bit about the book. And, of course, I was, like, weeping. And it just made me realize I hadn't done something which I'd always said I was going to do, which was just record her. Yeah. And so that's the other thing I would say is just sit down and any question you've ever had for your parents – Get it on, record it, use your iPhone. There's so many questions I still have and I can't ask them now. And it, I'm so grateful and I'm actually going to reach out to the woman who has the podcast this weekend because that will be the last audio of my mother as we knew her. Oh, Marjorie. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. But so. It's so I'm just so sorry and I know that it has been just unbearable for you. And when you add in the layers of how difficult this would have been regardless of a global pandemic, right? I mean, it was still going right. to be difficult. And but, but my, you mom's know had that. A gr- my mom's had a great life. Right. But she also deserves a great death. Yeah. You know, she yeah. does. She deserves a great death. And, and a great death to me is being surrounded by the ones that you love. And that is where this pandemic is taking so much from us. And you can complain about like, I didn't get to go to a restaurant or we didn't get to go to dance class, but the dying alone is, I think, the greatest, most tragic part about this whole thing. Because we're all headed that direction at some point, right? And right. But, but the dying alone surrounded by people that are wrapped in plastic who cannot have any physical contact with you and you can't even read their faces, to me, just feels like a cruel and unusual punishment. And yeah. and that's the situation that that our elderly are in. And it just feels very sad. It just feels very, very sad. It is it it is. And I it's funny, I always talk about how I'm such a private person, but I've been in broadcasting for like fifteen years now. So it's a little and shared so much of my life. I've never felt the need to sort of warn people yeah. more. And it's not that anybody can change it, but it's just I want people to be mentally prepared for it. I, I just wasn't prepared for something other than COVID. Yeah. Like, I just wasn't prepared you for You had that one track. Like, here's, I had, I was, here's what I'm going to focus on. Here's what I'm going to focus Clearly, on. Clearly, because you were ordering all that weird stuff off Amazon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I wasn't exactly. And I just wasn't prepared for her being in the hospital but not having COVID and yeah. it being a prolonged hospital stay and then a prolonged stay in a rehabilitation home. And I just think that just, just, and I, and I just, I really want people just to, to look at their parents and figure out what that conversation is for your family. Take lots of pictures, get their voices on tape, yeah. get their faces, record them. It's so easy. And I'm so mad at myself. I'm a television producer for God's sakes. And I had thought about it and thought about it, and I just didn't. And I wish I had. Yeah. Certainly, I have a lot of pictures of her. I do have that. But she had a, you know, my mom had a 
a sort of otherworldly life. I, I just, and so many adventures and so many things that I, I know the stories, but I just wanted them one more time. And I wanted one more, I wanted the stories of my grandmother and my great-grandmother one more time. And she's the last generation really that sort of had that down. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But that, but I also wanted to talk about, so I'm in the midst of trying to figure out what the solution to this is in the short term. And I spent yesterday, part of yesterday, researching a way to be able to talk to her. And because the phone is very cumbersome for her, it's hard right. to hold, it's hard to hear her. Her speech isn't great right now. And it's really not about talking. It's about what Ian would call the ministry of presence, Mm. which is why I spent the day outside her window, is it's not about the conversations. It's just knowing that someone is with you. Mm -hmm. And so two of my sisters have rotated through. One of my sisters lived there. And so much of the burden is on my one of my sisters who lives in Chicago and the grandchildren that are there and they're doing beautifully, but nobody can be with her 24 seven, which is what she needs. Because if this, if we could get to her, I would be sitting with her holding her hand Yeah. without, I wouldn't ever leave. You wouldn't have left. I would never leave. I would never leave the room. I would never leave. And so, well, you might have to go to the bathroom at one point. No, no, no. They could put me up you to would a just be totally de- dehydrated. <laughs> I would wear a diaper or a catheter. No, I'm not leaving. Oh my gosh, I no. Love it. But um, I, so I'm trying to figure out how to have a ministry of presence, and so I've been testing, and I'm only sharing this too because I think this is something that if you have an elderly parent, you ought to figure out what device could give you this, yeah. So that if they get sick, they already know how to use it. For and they sure. understand it. And so there are things like a Facebook portal. Yes, and- I've heard the Facebook portal. They, they're they kind of marketing that to yeah. older adults older who adults. might feel like they don't want a smartphone or they don't have one or whatever because it's just – when you dial it back to like just a device that just does that one thing, yeah. it's just meant for that one thing, right? Yeah, that's and that's what you need under these circumstances. I have to say, I mean, I, I'm not a total activist about Facebook. But the privacy stuff, just I can't kind of let that go. And the ads and all of that. So that didn't seem like a good solution for me or for us. And so one of the things I'm testing, I tested it late last night, is the um, the Echo Show. Yes, the Echo Show, which is like your Amazon, your A-L-E-X-A. I'll spell it so yours doesn't go off. um, (laughs) But it has a screen on it. It has a screen, and I got the biggest screen. And so I think what we're going to do is try and put that on her bedside table and then literally I can just sit with her. Yeah. And something, it's funny because Ian and I were working in different cities. It's something Ian and I used to do on FaceTime. I remember that. Yeah. You guys would just hang out. You would just be doing your own thing, but just have each other's face on FaceTime. And FaceTime. So we would kind of be together or I would, if I couldn't sleep, I would just I would have my phone on and I could hear him sort of on his computer and I would fall asleep to that. And I think for her, I'm hoping that this will work because all she would have to do or the nurse would have to do is say, call Marjorie or somebody would just have to answer it for her. And then it could stay, it could stay on just for hours and she could look up and she could see any one of us. So if it works, all of my sisters will each get one and then 
hopefully she could see whoever she wants to see and we could coordinate that somebody would be sitting with her at least all during all of her waking hours and um, that she could feel like her daughters were still next to her and not jumping outside the, the window like we were <laughs> the other days. But I, I, I'll just tell you a quick story about my mom. I started to tell you and then I think I started crying. But this is so classically my mother. So I cannot tell you. She was so banged up. So the whole half of her face is was blue. It's better now. And this is a woman who has like impeccable skin and does face exercises <laughs> and like skin massage every single day and yes. like layers on oil. I mean, I yes. know the skincare lessons from your mom and I yes. don't even know her. Yes. She has beautiful skin. <laughs> so she, I, I think it was on Sunday and she had had some like two horrible days. And then for whatever reason on Sunday, she was just having a great day. And so the, the nurse put her in a, put her in the wheelchair and they wheeled her over to the window. And so we were, uh, there were like six of us there. And so, and we were, and she had the phone. And so we were talking to her and she can't really talk in complete sentences yet, but she could, she could hear everything and she was smiling and you could tell she felt so strong. And it was so – so we were all like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is going to be great. And so then the nurse walked away and sort of left my mom. And we were just all still talking to her. And when I say for a long time, like 10 minutes is yeah. is a lot. And yeah. she's pretty wiped after 10 minutes. But she was sitting up and she was at the window. And so it was just a really happy moment. And so we hung up the phone and I see my mom fidgeting with the wheelchair. And I looked at her and I went like, no, 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 no. And she's like, I can do it. I'm like, <gasps> no. <laughs> so she was going to try and wheel herself back and put herself back in bed. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, Fiercely Mom. independent. I find this so strange to hear that a mother of yours would be that way. I, I can't. I don't know where this is coming from. I, I know. I don't know how to put this into context. So we're like, I'm like panicking. So she still has the phone in her lap. So I call her and she answers the phone. I said, Mom, no. I said, Molly's running to get the nurse. No, 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 no. And she looks at me. And she takes – she and then I hung up. So she puts the phone down. She looks at me and she starts standing up. Oh. Like I can stand up with the most sort of cheeky, troublemaking, yep. kind of smart-alecky look. You probably gave her that same look when you were like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, 13 months, 14 months. And she was like, no, don't jump off that chair. And you were like <laughs> – it was exactly that look. So she stands up a little bit and then sits back down. And I'm like, Mom, I'm not kidding. I'm like screaming through the window. No. So she does it again. And my brother-in-law comes over. He goes, Mary, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and like my brother-in-law should listen to. And my brother-in-law, he's like the sweetest. Like there is like. He's just the sweetest man in the world, and to hear him so stern. <laughs> but she like listened to him, and she sat down. So it was it was very cute, and it was a really good day. But- oh, Marjorie. Well, listen, we are thinking of you so much, and I just think that this was so important to talk about this and to have this conversation because I just know that we have a lot of best to the nesters who are struggling with this and struggling with the worry and the fear and right. and what will happen and. 
the unknown is really scary, but I think the restrictions are even scarier right now where it's just you're going to be told you cannot be with someone you love and that feels right wrong on so many levels. And I think we don't know what the situation is yet, but I think I think the hospitals are trying to find a way and the the rehab facilities are trying to find a way and this is the next conversation I have to have with my sisters this weekend. But I think that there is, and this is what we have to figure out, that if we get to, and I'm not there yet, and I don't think my mom's there yet, but because I'm telling everybody else to do the research, I'm doing the research of what's next in terms of hospice care and actually finding a way to be with her yeah. because I think that's possible. Yeah. You know, the scary thing in the ICU is if she had passed, she could have died there. Yeah. And my sister even said to me, how sad it's making her as a doctor. She said, you know, I just, and she started crying, was just talking about how hard it's been for her to know in so many cases, she's the last voice a lot of these people are going to hear. Oh gosh. And it's just, it's, it's that hard. And I think what I, what we are going through, at least for the first two weeks was absolute, just emotional chaos because none of the other systems of how you imagine taking care of your elderly parent if something tragic happens to them. None of that is in play. It's all new rules. And so we're still figuring it out. But I just I I think you said it best is is just that everybody deserves to die with the people who love them around them. And we just have to be advocates for how that can happen. And there are circumstances for families where that won't happen. And I'm just and I and I just so get that pain now because we were so close to that. For me, being able to stand outside her window and have the moments that I had with her and will have more because I'm heading back up there. I'm so grateful for that. Like that feels like that feels like a victory is to be able to be outside her window. But all of this requires planning. It required, please put her on the first floor. It required, I mean, there's so many things you have to think about in real time while you're also managing the sadness that your mother's in pain. And so I just think there's just a lot of conversations to be had with your parents. But I'll stress too that I've had to have this conversation with my sons because they're adults. And if they get sick or if I get sick, they can't be with me and I can't be with them. And so you got to figure that out. And I don't know what, I don't know how other than to be aware of what that means emotionally and to say a lot of the things that you need to say up front. I've told my sons every day of their life that I love them. So that doesn't go unsaid, but it was a, it was, it was weird to talk to my sons about what does that mean to us if we get sick and we can't be with each other. And it's just a conversation you should have. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. 
Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.